As Dorothy Parker said, the cure for boredom is curiosity. And I say curiosity is the fuel for growth in your business, your leadership, and your life. Stay tuned. Welcome to CEO on the Go, the show about personal and professional growth for busy leaders like you. I'm Gail Lance, and I'm here to help you think differently, solve big problems, and inspire change. It's tough to do on your own and even with a team, but it is possible. So let's get started. Welcome back to this episode. I hope that you got a chance to listen to the previous episode on addressing the secret concerns of a leader. You might find some insights in there that would be helpful if you haven't had a chance to listen. But today, I just want to welcome you to this episode, which is being recorded on my parents' birthday. Yes, they have the same birthday. So I'm dedicating this episode to both of them. My dad passed in 2010, but in so many ways, he's still here. Our family had a nice small celebration with my mom today. She loves chocolate cake, actually anything chocolate, which might explain how she's still going strong at age 93. My parents have a lot in common aside from their birthday. Both are very curious, and that's a really great trait that the best leaders have as well. My dad, who was an electrical engineer by training, was always curious about how to solve problems. He couldn't walk in a room without noticing something that he should be working on or something that he could improve or fix, something that he could make better. My mom is curious about people who they are, their families and friends, how they're doing, what they're doing. And amazingly, she recalls details from decades ago. She's sharp as a tack. Her curiosity is rooted in deep care and concern for people. She will figure out what she can do to help and you can't stop her. So I think curiosity is a great trait to have in leadership and life. It's kind of like the art of wondering, being able to wonder, to ask questions, being inquisitive. There's a really good article in Harvard Business Review called The Business Case for Curiosity that talks about the benefits of curiosity based on research. And it indicates that you know when there's more curiosity, there are fewer decision-making errors. There's more innovation and positive change in creative and non-creative jobs. There's reduced group conflict, and there's more open communication and better team performance. So I'm guessing that you buy into that idea, but even if you understand that curiosity is important, it it can be threatening in some ways when we, um, you know, we don't want people to question everything. There's some leaders that think, you know, we want people to be curious, but we just can't have them questioning everything. We can't manage all that. They're also trying to operate very efficiently, and, and they think sometimes that too much curiosity can get in the way. It's important to note that not all curiosity is the same. There are some psychologists that argue that it has a dark side. Uh, They make a distinction between interest curiosity and deprivation curiosity. Interest curiosity applies when there's general motivation to learn new things to explore compared to deprivation curiosity, which is the desire to reduce unpleasant feelings associated with uncertainty. People who demonstrate interest curiosity have greater general knowledge. You know, they're really good at trivia. Um, That's something that I'm not good at. (laughs) They're able to embrace the fact that they could be wrong about something. And, And that's a really important quality to have for people at all levels, including top leadership. 
deprivation curious people tend to make mistakes by not being able to decipher between real and made up concepts. So they might sound false alarms. They tend to be more vulnerable to believing some kinds of information that may not be true and they spread that information. Uh, They don't like missing information. And of course, you know, people can be a combination of both. But for my purposes today, I simply wanted to plant some ideas or potential actions that you can take to cultivate more interest curiosity for yourself and those that you work with. So check yourself first, you know, if you were to uh, rate yourself in terms of your own curiosity level, I'm wondering what you would say, you know, as you go about your typical day or your week, what that might look like, you know, back in the article that I mentioned, the Harvard Business Review article, it has a scale that allows you to determine how you rank in five different aspects or types of curiosity. Uh, For example, the first one is deprivation sensitivity. And so it asks you questions like, you know, does this apply to you? I can spend hours on a single problem because I just can't rest without knowing the answer. Or you work relentlessly at problems that you feel must be solved. The second category is joyous exploration. So there it would ask you if you view challenges, situations as an opportunity to grow and learn, or if you enjoy learning about subjects that are unfamiliar to you. Um, or that you find it fascinating to learn new information. That was actually my highest score on joyous exploration. I really, I really like the little learnings and explorations too. Like just about a year ago or so, I was in Oregon and stumbled on purple broccoli, which I had never seen before. I'm not much of a foodie, and uh, even for me to become interested in that, I thought was funny. But uh, I'll, I took a picture that I'll share with you on LinkedIn just to show you the purple broccoli that I discovered. Um, The next category is social curiosity. You know, do you like to learn about the habits of other people? When you're around other people, do you like listening to their conversations? That's social curiosity. Stress tolerance is the next category. And that's where, you know, the smallest doubt can stop you from seeking out new experiences. Or you can't function well if you're unsure whether a new experience will be safe. And then finally, there's thrill seeking. Some examples in that category are, you know, risk taking is exciting to you, or when you have free time, you like to do things that are a little scary. I rated pretty high there as well. So anyway, it'd be interesting for you to get a sense of how you fare in those areas if that's of interest. We'll include a link to the article in the show notes. But more importantly, it will be critical for you to make curiosity probably a more prominent part of your culture in your organization, to actively engage people to help them become more curious. So I have how, did, how many did I come up with today? I came up with five different ways in which I think you can cultivate more curiosity in yourself, your team, and your organization. One is to ask better questions with your team. You know, when you're in a team environment, there's such opportunity there to be thinking about the kinds of questions that you really need to be asking. And they differ, you know, depending on where you are in the, in the stage or maturity of your business, if you're a startup versus an established business, or your questions may, may vary depending on the experience of your team. You may have some newcomers. Uh, one idea is to to hold a special meeting just to ask questions. And you might call it an inquiry meeting or curiosity quest, or you might create some kind of curiosity challenge where all you're doing is you're just asking the question, why 
around a specific topic or topics or what if questions? What if we could do that? What could that look like? So the purpose of that kind of meeting would be to continue to innovate, to challenge the status quo, and in some cases, just to make sure that there's shared understanding. Just for fun, you might ask your team members to come up with their own questions to see what they come up with. So it's really ramping up curiosity in the form of asking better questions. That's number one. Number two is modeling curiosity yourself. And that means getting out from behind closed doors, becoming more visible, letting people know that you'll be asking more questions. And, you know, of course, not to intimidate, but to simply understand, to clarify issues, to offer support where you can. So when they see you asking questions, you'll be a better model for them. And the flip side of that, number three, is to encourage people to ask you more questions to become more approachable. You know, chances are that people don't feel completely comfortable approaching you just because you're in that role. Even if you say that you've told them, oh, yes, feel free to call me, come, you know, swing by my office. I want to hear from you. Now, some people will take advantage of that, but there are a number of others who are thinking, you know, I don't want to question the boss or, or I don't want to ask something that might make me look stupid. So you've got to invite people to ask you more questions. That's number three. Number four is to reward curiosity on an individual or a team level. You know, you might say something like, Mary asked a great question that helped us uncover something we hadn't even considered before. So it's recognizing or acknowledging when people are being curious, like anything else that you want to see more of, the more you can recognize that and reward it, the better. Reward an individual that's taking on some kind of new assignment or a team that's trying something new. Anytime that they're learning and uh, using their curiosity, that's just a great opportunity to acknowledge that. And then finally, here's one that I don't see enough of. Number five is asking questions before a meeting or a retreat or a conference or an event. I just heard one young professional uh, that I know who he was talking to a friend. I overheard him say, I just got back from this leadership conference and it was so boring. It was such a waste of my time. So I bolted over there to say, I just heard what you said and I want to know what's going on. What Tell me about this leadership conference. And, and I said, why did you say that? And he said, none of the content was relevant to me. I have no idea why I was there. And so... Um, to me, that's, that's a red flag for leadership to be aware of the people who are coming to events who may feel disconnected or who may not be able to, you know, connect the dots to understand what is relevant for them or why they're there. So what if uh, you as the organizer could ask more questions on the front end of the attendees, the people who will be participating? Not enough people are doing that. Too many leaders are concerned about what they think they want to share what they think employees should know, what they're trying to, you know, influence. And there's nothing wrong with that. But considering having some opportunity for questions before you plan any kind of event or retreat or conference like that is just a great practice. So those are my five suggestions. One, ask better questions with your team. Two, model curiosity yourself. Number three, encourage people to ask you more questions by being more approachable. Number four, reward curiosity on an individual or team level. And then five, ask questions before a meeting, retreat, conference, or event. So 
those are, are my five ideas. You know, going back to my friend who made the statement that it was just so boring. I think boredom is a huge sign that there's not enough curiosity happening in one way or another. I just saw a couple of interesting headlines uh, along those lines. One said that most college students are struggling to stay interested in schoolwork because they're not learning practical skills. This was a wily um survey, I believe. This could result in years of graduates not finding jobs that they want and companies not finding the talent that they need. So clearly, you know, colleges and universities need to help cultivate curiosity in their students or, you know, which the students are our future workforce. So maybe partnering with companies to help them do that in your hiring process, make sure that you're hiring people who display strong curiosity. Another headline that caught my eye said that more retirees are considering going back to work. One in six retirees are thinking about going back. That was a study done by Paychecks. They cited that uh, boredom was the reason. 52% cited boredom. What is happening? How can people be bored? So <laughs> speaking of boredom, I look forward to talking about how to break out of boredom in virtual meetings in my next episode with my special guest. Uh, virtual meetings are here to stay. So be sure to listen to next week's episode when that airs. For today, just consider curiosity the antidote to boredom and the fuel that you need to grow yourself, your life, your work, and your business. One more thing, please let me know what you like about this episode and other episodes that I'm creating. I'm really curious to know what you think and what you'd like to see in the future. And until next time, I hope you stay curious doing the work that matters to you. Thanks for tuning in. And as always, be sure to share this episode with someone else who might benefit or leave a review. You can join my email list by going to workmatters.com so you don't miss an episode. And there you can learn more about ways we serve mission-driven leaders like you. If there's a challenge you want to discuss, I'd love to hear from you. In the meantime, keep growing as a leader, inspiring change, and doing the work that matters to you.